and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home of NARC Troopers. Visit my website and you'll find podcasts, articles, even a video blog, along with a little bit of merchandise to help you on your recovery journey. Today's topic is the polyvagal theory, which is therapy for trauma recovery, something you may not have heard about, so I want to inform you about this. The vagal nerve offers hope for recovery from trauma caused by narcissistic abuse, and we're always looking for something that is a remedy, um, something to make it better, help facilitate healing. When a relationship ends with a person who has NPD, they will cast you out of the topsy-turvy shared fantasy that kept you bound to them. And when you hit the cold, hard ground of reality, it's going to, well, you're going to feel the hurt. So many people are experiencing this harsh awakening, and they are just in shock and completely confused because nothing can prepare them for what happens next. The majority of the family and friends that you have are not going to understand, you know, really how to help. And it's a howling wilderness of pain, a complete system shutdown as you just crumble into a million broken pieces. Popular culture and the internet have exploded with experts, life coaches, and therapists, shaman, soul soothers, light workers, and a varied assortment of healers who each have their own spin on recovery from narcissistic abuse. And they all, um, they're all different in what they know and what they have to offer because the journey back is most likely going to be one of the hardest things you're ever going to have to do. And some people actually don't make it. But the hope lies in the number of things that make it possible to heal and end up with a stronger, healthier person than you ever imagined. So where do we begin? The terms and the vocabulary of narcissistic abuse. Number two, understanding what they are and how they became impaired. Three, identifying your own personal toxic beginnings and history. Number four, accepting the reality of what happened in the relationship. Number five, go no contact and turn inwards and upwards to work on healing. Number six, discover different healing modalities to build a program for yourself that's individualized. Number eight, Practice mindfulness, gratitude, and forgiveness. Those are tough. One of the first steps is to learn all you can. And those little steps there are a good way to do that. A deep dive into the muck and mire of narcissism will illuminate the path forward. With that being said, it's important to understand the mechanics of the recovery experience and what exactly is at the root of the complete devastation that follows these disordered relationships. To begin, Stephen Porges 
polyvagal theory offers options to treat symptoms of trauma like PTSD and CPTSD and offer relief from all of the maladies that accompany them. The vagus nerve is a long nerve canal that runs the length of the brainstem and contains the parasympathetic nervous system and sympathetic nervous system. The polyvagal theory strives to balance a person whose sympathetic nervous system is on overdrive um, and, it, and it tends to, um, it strives to put them back into balance so it's not in overdrive. The parasympathetic nervous system is the calming part of our nervous system network. Most people are familiar with their parasympathetic nervous system. It's part of the autonomic nervous system that balances out the sympathetic nervous system that activates. Well, here's what it boils down to. This is the part you've heard before, probably instead of these terms, it's the fight or flight response. And you know, they added to that fight, flight, or freeze. And then they added fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And I've even heard other F words added to that. Um, it just, you know, it keeps getting longer, but anyway, the fight or flight, you're, you're familiar with that. Like when you're in danger, your body is flooded with chemicals, hormones, different things that, that, uh, increase your strength and awareness and perk you up. And it's like a slap in the face to say, Hey, you're in danger. You better do something, run or turn and fight or do something, or you're going to get eaten. It's a very, um, innate, intrinsic, ingrained part of, of your survival mechanism that all animals have. And, you know, in some way, I guess we're animals. I used to have that argument with my ex-husband all the time. He would say, we're animals. And I would say, I am not an animal. I am more evolved. I am a human. I can do this, this, and this. I am not an animal. And he would say, well, I am an animal. And I thought he was kidding, but, um, yeah, he wasn't. So back to the fight or flight. This is what happens, you know, when you're faced with danger or threats. It's the job of the parasympathetic nervous system to restore the body to a state of calm. So in short, the sympathetic part equals fight or flight and parasympathetic is the freeze or faint or fawn. <laughs> There's another F word. Freeze, faint, or fawn. Yeah, those are things you could do uh, in response to danger and threats. So when people are involved with a partner who has NPD, they become hypervigilant because of the almost constant state of fear, anxiety, insecurity, humiliation, distrust, invalidation, and more. This chronic state of an inflamed sympathetic nervous system causes profound damage in a short time. And for a partner who remains with this disordered NPD partner for years or even decades, their nervous system, for lack of a better way to say it, it's a hot mess. It's a hot mess. I know through my 
15 years I was married, 16 years that I was with my husband, I was in a constant state of hypervigilance, wondering what he was going to do that might be reckless or um, criminal or violating something or someone or, or, you know, what he was going to do, um, you know, and I was constantly having to watch him and try to, um, you know, know what he was up to, to prevent it or to, to stop it. And, and then on top of that was the, you know, the porn usage and the chat rooms and the cyber sex and the, and the inappropriate online, you know, dick pics and hookups and, and, you know, Craigslist or Addison, Madison, Ashley Madison, I think was the name of the, you know, like the one, one of so many hookup sites that, you know, if you want to cheat, there's a billion ways to do it that makes it super easy. And, um, you know, it's not like, you know, before technology, you had to roam around and try to find these people face to face, but now, you know, a hookup is a click away. And so I remember for years and years, just trying to monitor that and what are you doing? And, you know, what, what, where were you here? And what, you know, because, you know, he did do, um, you know, had transgressions and betrayals and lies and, and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, all along, really bad judgment, doing really bad things with bad people. And, and yet time and time again, I just said, well, you know, that's okay. We'll just get a handle on that and we'll get past it. And you know, you're, you're a sex addict, you're a porn addict, you're, you're this, that, or the other, and that can be overcome. And, um, sometimes maybe it can, but then when you get to the root of it and find out it's not just sex addiction, it's narcissism. And it's not just narcissistic traits. It's a narcissistic, pathological, malignant personality disorder, mental illness. Well, that's a game changer, isn't it? It's absolutely a game changer. Um, so there's a lot of ways that you have to try to calm yourself when you're living like that with that constant hypervigilance, you know, you have to learn techniques to calm your parasympathetic nervous system. Um, maybe, you know, to soothe it, to get control of it. Um, when the autonomic nervous system works too hard for too long, physical illness and other body related complications can result. I remember reading when I first heard from our therapist that, that he had narcissistic personality disorder. And I was trying to kind of think about that a little bit. Um, you know, I, when I checked into that, um, to just try to learn just a little bit, like, what does that mean? What, what can we do to fix that? Um, you know, you can't, <laughs> that's the bottom line. You know, you think you can, you think maybe, oh, you know, the, so all you can do is, is work on, on your reaction to what they do because you can't really alter what they do or why they do it or any of that. So I used to read about how some people would have things like fibromyalgia or other mysterious aches and pains, polymyalgia, that's a thing that I read about that some 
people that were married to malignant narcissists would say that they developed this. They developed um, autoimmune illnesses. Um, I don't know how that happens, but they do. And then they would have other physical symptoms. I won't go into all of those, but just let it be said that I read about so many physical maladies, ailments, sicknesses that had come from these relationships. They were born in these relationships as a direct consequence of the super uh, levels of, of uh, that whole fear and flight hormones and chemicals flooding your body, that constant state of hypervigilance, having to watch and guard and protect and, and um, be on the lookout, you know, for anything that, that narcissist is going to be up to, that they're going to do, that's going to harm you, harm your children, harm your family, harm their job, you know, harm their reputation in the community. They're just full of shenanigans and you're just waiting for the next one to happen because there's always a next one that's going to happen over and over. And it just blows my mind looking back on it, how many times there was an incident, there was a, a thing that he did. And yet I didn't go, I didn't even put my foot down and say, Hey, you know, this cannot continue happening. I would just say, Oh, this, this is not good. Let's do damage control and let's get to therapy. And, and I know that, that was probably well-meaning at the time, well-intentioned, but it served no good purpose. You know, he just went in and manipulated and, and bamboozled his, his very young, inexperienced female therapist. <laughs> she never knew what hit her. She had no idea what was going on. It was my therapist who was beyond his charms, who was like, I don't know, she was probably in her 70s. He couldn't really work his magic on her. So she knew. She knew what he was. She named it. She called it. She stamped it. But the young one that he saw independently just for his own personal on the side uh, therapist, she had no idea. I, you know, I met her uh, a couple of times and and she was just in way over her head with him. So um, when, when, okay, so let's see, what do I want to say to you next? So physical illness can happen and um, you can have trauma symptoms like panic, anxiety, irregular heartbeat, arrhythmias, difficulty breathing or speaking, uh, neurobiological manifestations of distress. That's real, folks, and it manifests in very real physical, uh, tangential, um, palpable kinds of ways. There, you know, it's fluid. It'll it's, it'll change, and it'll be one kind of illness one day, and another another day, and it'll look different. And it's just you know, it's insidious stuff. It's like poison. It's like you're carrying poison around in your body. So there are ways to stimulate the vagus nerve to get a positive effect and restore health. And so these are the things that you can do. These are the things to have like a little intervention for yourself and to get that vagus nerve to get it under control with all this fight, flight, parasympathetic, sympathetic nervous system. These are things that you can do to make a difference. So number one, breathe. 
It's been shown to reduce anxiety and increase the parasympathetic calming part of your nervous system by activating the vagus nerve. Most people take about 10 to 14 breaths each minute. Taking about six breaths over the course of a minute is a great way to relieve stress. So slow down the breathing, take half as many breaths and take them longer. Inhales longer, exhales, maybe hold your breath for a couple of seconds in between. There's a billion different breathing YouTube videos. You can just look it up, how to breathe. You would think that that's a crazy thing to look up, but you do have to learn how to do it in a, in a very uh, targeted, uh, intentional kind of way if you want to see results and use it for this purpose. Number two, singing, humming, chanting. Yep, singing, humming, chanting. The vagus nerve is connected to your vocal cords and the muscles at the back of your throat. So making these sounds can help activate it. Even, even gargling water can help should try it. Number three, gathering with friends and laughing, the actual act of laughing and of fellowship. Researchers have discovered that positive social connections improve the vagal tone and increase positive emotions. Laughter has been shown to increase heart health and improve your mood. People who live alone typically don't live as long as people who live with others. I don't think your cat counts either. You know, it's for me, it's just me and my cat, Sophie. Um, yeah, I don't think that's a good situation. I hope at some point I can have uh, someone living with me besides just me and my feline friend. Number four, cold. Yeah, cold. Researchers have found that exposing yourself to cold on a regular basis can lower your sympathetic response and increase parasympathetic activity through the vagus nerve, which is what you want for optimal health. In, uh, like, a, like when you take a shower, end the shower with a minute of just cold water and stick your face in cold water or go out into the cold with, without many clothes on. Just put your bikini on or your little speedos and run outside when it's like 20 degrees and be out there for a few minutes in the freezing cold and it's going to slow down that whole um, um, uh, sympathetic nervous system response of that hypervigilant, I'm in danger, I'm threatened, oh my gosh, I've got to, you know, all that. It's going to calm it down. Number five, probiotics. Researchers conclude that beneficial changes between the gut and the brain are facilitated by the vagus nerve. Most people agree that the gut is central to overall health. There's more and more about that all the time. And if there are problems there in the gut, there are increased problems everywhere. So we have to think about what we eat how we eat, when we eat, we have to think about our gut health, how to reduce things like candida, how to take different kinds of probiotics to facilitate this wellness, this good balance of your flora and fauna and bacteria that live in your gut. Super, super important because it's connected to your brain and all of that is connected to your nervous system and all of that is going to help you with this whole thing. Number six, exercise massage, walking, and acupuncture. 
I just put those all together. Mm, maybe that's not the best grouping, but I kind of think it is. Exercise, massage, walking, and acupuncture. Everyone knows that it's important to keep moving, right? All around health improves for those who stay active. Massage comes in many varieties and most are going to keep things moving, flowing to remove toxins and keep your lymph glands from getting all clogged up and keep them functioning well. So the top for number six, all of that has to do with movement to keep things moving. Acupuncture to keep your energy meridians moving. Massage to keep your lymphatic system moving. Walking to keep your blood moving. And then of course, exercise to keep everything cardiac and all of that moving. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> let me tell you this, when you're having symptoms of trauma, uh, it's important to remember that it is stored in the body and that it manifests numerous illnesses. Um, trauma and stress have a direct impact on your physical health, also on your adrenal function and other hormonal, um, irregularities, autoimmune conditions, and or even organ failure. Add to that headaches and emotional distress. You have a perfect recipe for sickness. It's important to pay attention to all the ways you can get healthy uh, and do that. The vagus nerve is the longest and most serpentine nerve in the body. It's all windy and everything. It's much too important to ignore. And through understanding all the possibilities, we can access more healing modalities to assist us on our recovery journey. So I hope that helps y'all to have some ideas. I, you know, I, I knew a lot of these already, except, you know, I don't recall ever hearing the thing about cold, about um, sticking your face in a bowl of cold water. Um, I'm going to try that the next time I'm feeling like that whole fight or flight, I'm feeling threatened, I'm feeling in danger, I'm feeling panicked or all, all that. Uh, I try not to take prescription drugs. Um, I try not to self-medicate with anything else. I'm very anti-alcohol, by the way. And cannabis can be a tricky one because you can become dependent and reliant on that like a crutch. And I don't want to have to be a daily user of that either or of anything. And so the whole, <laughs> the whole bowl of cold water and sticking my face in it sounds absolutely horrendous, but I think I'm going to try it. And then maybe even in the shower too, ending with a burst of freezing cold water. Uh, unfortunately, I'm a nighttime shower person. And it seems to me like it would really just wake you up. And uh, I want to have a nice hot shower and then get in the cool sheets and turn up the air conditioning. And that's how I sleep better. So I don't know about the cold blast of icy water uh, at the end of the shower. But I am going to experiment with some of that and I'll get back with you. Uh, I hope you will experiment with some of these ways to calm your um, and to restore your parasympathetic nervous system back to full functionality because that's what we want to have. We want to leverage that and use it to our own benefit so that we can manage our stress and anxiety and even our PTSD symptoms if we're trying to recover from trauma. All right, that's it for today. Everybody stay healthy. 
Uh, let's just keep going. I know these are crazy times, but you know, we have something we're working on. We need to stay focused and directed on making progress with that, trying new things, moving forward and not giving up. Right. We want to just keep going because I think things can get better. We just have to work for it. Unfortunately, it's not going to come easy. It's not going to come without effort and focus. And um, so let's just keep going and I'll see y'all again soon. Okay. Thank you for being here. Bye. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 